Pravit Roji. Hello, Hosebo. Bonjour, and welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a Climadel podcast bringing you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective and get rewarded for doing so. Klima sits at the intersection of blockchain, climate science, and finance, so there's no shortage of great topics for us to explore together. My name's Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure. I'm joined by my good friends and co-hosts Reg and Diamond Hands as we discuss the latest Klima news, drop some occasional alpha, and connect you with the biggest and brightest names currently exploring this space. So today, Reg is unable to join us, unfortunately, but Diamond Hands and I are excited to be chatting with Wasim from the global carbon commodity company SCB Group, who also happened to be one of our newest Klima Infinity partners. Let's just jump right into this chat. So, Wasim is a trader and portfolio manager with SCB, a leading global carbon commodity company. SCB also happens to be one of our newest Klima Infinity partners, so we'll undoubtedly take some time to unpack and learn more about just what SCB is all about and take a glimpse at the future of this incredible partnership. But first, why don't you let us know about you, Wasim? Can you tell us a little bit about your story, your background, and you know maybe your journey or experience with crypto too? So I have an engineering background. So I studied energy, finance, and data analytics. My first job was in um, R&D. I worked in the design of solar panels that are um, integrated to, to the structural elements of the buildings. Then moved to strategy consulting in the field of the sector of energy and mobility. And after that, I stopped for almost like a year to develop uh, a project in Morocco, in my uh, origin country. And then came back to Switzerland and moved to the voluntary carbon market. So it was a super interesting market and I'd see that it was boiling. And I joined the CB. For my crypto experience, I've, I've been around crypto since 2015, like really involved. So I was in a group of people in my uni were very interested about blockchain in general. So I've been through um, few bull and bear markets. <laughs> I'm not losing my mind now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and, and uh, an interesting thing is that with my colleague Gervin who was supposed to be here, but unfortunately we don't have him. The, from the day I started, so we almost started at the same time in the carbon desk, in the carbon trading desk at SCB. We had this first launch together as colleagues, you know, and one of the first subjects that came into discussion was that like, Carbon credits need to be on blockchain. They lay themselves perfectly on the blockchain. You know, everything that the blockchain is made for and that it can enable and help is needed by the carbon market, basically, especially the voluntary carbon market. And then a bit of time later, we see um, Klima and Toucan happening. So that's it. Yeah, and for my, uh, my work at SCB, I would say that, so I work as a carbon and EECs um, environmental trader. I also take care of uh, with German crypto refi or uh, partnerships. And I do a lot of data analytics for the desk, take care also of the price modeling for all the um, carbon assets that we trade, you know, that it's a commodity that is pretty scattered and the prices are very different. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. Well, excellent. 
Yeah, no, it's great to hear about your background and your journey there. And it sounds like, yeah, you're kind of an early adopter, I guess, for uh, crypto and blockchain technology. And it's great to hear that, you know, that vision of aligning with, uh, you know, carbon markets belong on chain as well, too, that that was on your radar quite early as well. But why don't we just, you know, back things up a, a little bit as well, too. You know, we've talked about SCB, your group, just for our listeners who might not be, you know, intimately familiar with the way like carbon credit trading works. You mentioned EACs. You know, what is SCB's mission and kind of what are these activities? Who are your clients? And, you know, what are some of the, um, you know, major activities or milestones that you feel you've hit so far? Yeah, so... SCB has been working in the low carbon commodity markets for like now 15 years. So that makes us a bit a heritage business. We have mainly two tracks of business, I would say, that have some subsets inside each of them. So the first one, I would say, is assisting companies achieving net zero by substituting low carbon alternative commodities for high carbon commodities. To give an example, reducing the amount of gasoline fuel for cars and increasing the amount of ethanol, right? So that's one track business. The second one is helping companies basically uh, achieve carbon neutrality or even going beyond carbon neutrality through carbon credits to offset or abate their residual emissions. So in other words, we help companies assess their carbon emissions, set sustainability goals and abate their residual emissions through carbon offsets that make sense uh, in regard to their operations, for example, or to their whole environmental strategy. We're also getting more and more active on the upstream, the very upstream side of the carbon market. So we finance and co-develop highly additional and high quality carbon projects. I can give you a few examples. So we've funded and co-developed a um, solar power uh, project on an adult literacy program. So basically, we're doing it with BuildOn, uh, building nine schools in Malawi. Some of our colleagues have went there and were in the ground and worked there for a moment. Today, we have more than 6,000 children and 700 adults benefit from the increased access to education that you know this program, these slides, these classes have provided. We're also financing the planting of 4 million trees in Himalayan region of Northeast uh, India. It's a region that um, has a you know risk of landslide. So these trees prevent the risk of landslide. And they also due to remove more than 360,000 tons of CO2 from the atmosphere, improve biodiversity. And it's also a project that's brought a lot of support to the local com communities and created jobs. So from until this project is expected you know, to help 5,000 people to benefit directly from it. And indirectly, we're talking about more than 16,000 households. And I would add like, one of the projects that I, I really like is one of the um, projects that we've done in um, a Rohingya refugee camp in Bangladesh. Uh, so we are the sole provider of 100,000 smokeless cook stoves there. It's a device that really improves the health and the living conditions of people. And especially for the situation, the living conditions are, are really hard. So uh, we are working in this project in partnership with Bangladesh Pondu Foundation. And we are also supported by the government of Bangladesh. 
and the distribution is um, so started in April and is uh, to be completed in February 2023. Well, that's awesome. And I think, you know, just for you know, people hearing about, you know, that you're a carbon trader or, you know, you're working at a trading desk or at a brokerage or whatever, you would think that that's quite a technical and, uh, you know, computational analytical sort of role. And obviously it is, but then you're describing that you really have this opportunity to really directly impact things on the ground with these very specific projects too. So that's got to feel good to be able to see that sort of impact from your work. Yeah, that's the beauty of the carbon market. So it's still it's still a market. We're still traders, right? We are doing an, a technical job, but we have an impact, and that's what makes you know our job so pleasant because we have a daily impact on the planet, on communities, on biodiversity, and probably you know more and more people will uh, apply for carbon trading roles now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually thought that you know like carbon trading, it's like you know, like just like traders, like in the TradFi industries, like you have like multiple screens, they're just looking at numbers and figures, but you know, you spend like the last five to 10 minutes sharing about how much you have impacted developing countries, you know, building schools, you know, you know, benefiting kids, adults, planting trees, you know, making money is important, but you know, really making an impact. I think that's the true value that a company can do especially when it's like what, like what we are doing right now with like carbon removal right we are kind of in the carbon removal business in a sense right and to really see a company like scb to do this makes us hopefully inspired to be one day with you guys should rubbing shoulders to do the same thing as well man. <laughs> that's very um nice to hear and uh, i think we are all values aligned to make things happen and you know to make the world a better place yeah that's great. Um, I know we'll get back to those those stories and that those that wonderful alignment there too. But perhaps you know a little bit more of a semi technical question for you too. As a you know as a carbon trader, I'm curious. You know, how do you see carbon credits playing? Like, what role do they play in the bigger picture of climate action? You know, you obviously have a good connection to a you know a spectrum of things on the ground versus the credits. So. You know, I know a lot of people kind of perhaps question or are critical of the legitimacy and the impact of carbon credits. You know, some critics out there, what do you say to them about the the impact and the benefit of these carbon credits? What I can say is, um, you know, there are these big programs uh, such as, for example, CDM. CDM came under scrutiny by the UN investigation around 10 years ago and did identify room for improvement. We are always talking, you know, how to improve this uh, market and how to make it have an impact, right? So we have now major offset programs like Gold Standard or Vera uh, that respond or try um, their best to respond to these concerns and put in place methodologies and methods to prevent overestimation of greenhouse gas, for example, and, you know, to reconsider the eligibility of projects and they and they take action also I, I would say that you know if someone wants to question you know the legitimacy of carbon trading or even carbon credits we can see that the interest in carbon trading has um, have you know grown a lot after the cop 26 when the un decided to adopt a market-based solution allowing government to trade emissions so i don't think we would see like massive involvement of all these bodies if it was not a legit solution or if it was not something that had impact. 
And on my side, being at the heart of the carbon credits ecosystem, I can see, as I described from the projects before, I can see that the nature-based projects, rem removal projects, the renewable energy projects, or if the community-based projects, in addition to their you know, clear environmental impact, have also um, benefits in terms of biodiversity uh, for the local communities and for the society. I can tell you, for example, that in some projects that we support, we have um, infrared cameras or um, uh, satellites that are tracking land use, and we can see the return of wildlife. We can see the forest coverage growing and improving. We have also direct contact with communities on the avoidance projects that we develop. And we are able to see the impacts that these projects have on their lives and on their health on a daily basis. So that's what I say to these critics, right? And I also maintain something to be um, very transparent to fight climate change. It's um, a fight that needs to happen on several fronts, a lot of different fronts, and VCM is just one of them, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you did talk before you used the word, you know, residual emissions. And I guess kind of that's... Is that where, you know, the carbon credits really fit in and offsetting residual? I would say that's where they have the biggest value, residual emissions, because that's some emissions that are uncompressible, or at least with the current technology and the current financially makes sense. But they have usage also on non-residual emissions, I would say. If they can help improve the overall, you know, climate situation, biodiversity and um communities they have a role other than residual emissions don't know if you agree with me oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah that's great and definitely like how cool is that to be able to use these technologies that you're saying where you can literally you know see the wildlife returning to an area as well too that you're seeing these secondary and tertiary you know cascading benefits from these projects as well too that's incredible exactly just going back to this, like carbon credits itself, right? There has been a lot of discussions about, you know, like high quality versus low quality. Like earlier on, you talked about Vera, you talked about gold standards. These are always like questions that has been always popping around, like, you know, high quality versus low quality. You know, what's your thoughts on this kind of um, discussions? Well, um, what's the definition of high quality and what's the definition of low quality? It's if, if we say, okay, a quality offset, maybe high quality would be removal activities. But for me, the most important is, you know, first of all, additionality. It's very easy example is you can take, for example, a wind farm. A wind farm is very likely to be easily financed if it's accessible, if it's in a very stable environment or place. But projects that take place in difficult zone to access, will be harder to get financing through traditional business channels. And that's where carbon credits make a difference. You know, carbon credits financing can make a difference. And I think that now, you know, the verification of VERA and gold standard is becoming more strict. They will not, for example, verify renewable energy projects that are not in least developed countries. And I, you know, I, I hear people saying that it's not doing enough to address climate change. And I think, as I said before, that climate change needs to be addressed by a lot of means. One of them is voluntary carbon market. And I believe that in order to address this climate crisis, we need to incrementally 
change the market and make you know higher quality credits but that should be incremental just like you guys have been doing with bct for example so you want to make it more or higher quality but you're doing in an incremental way you don't want these big market moves or big discrepancies so you can't avoid low quality so-called low quality carbon credits but over time it will just balance off by itself correct yeah definitely i also want to say that this um, a lot of the quality talk is sometimes about perception i don't know if you follow the videos of elias so he just posted a very interesting video on vintages he said that um, you know the climate crisis or the rise in or the rise in temperature in the planet is a perpetual auto feeding uh, circle so let's say for example we take the north pole there is snow, it helps to cool the planet, it helps to you know, reflect the, the energy, and that's how it cools the planet. If you take away a piece of, let's say, uh, snow, there is some CO2 that will uh, make the earth warmer, it will melt the snow, then what you're gonna have below the snow is probably rocks or water, and that will absorb heat and make the, um, the ice melt faster which will expose more rocks and therefore make the planet warmer and warmer and warmer, right? So one can argue and say that a carbon credit of 2001, if it was well monitored and if the project is legit, uh, one ton of removal had actually way more impact than a ton of removal in 2021. And he also added that if it's a legit project that was built like, 10 years ago, let's say, or five years ago, you already know that within these five years, nothing happened with the project, no bad press, everything is legit there. While a project that you buy, let's say vintage of 2022, you don't know what's going to happen next. It's just, yeah, sometimes it's perception, I would say, or say, for example, waste credits, right? There is a lot of bad press around waste credits, but you can also see some people saying that they are highly additional because they basically in, in LDCs, they, they solve the waste problem. There is no reason, like there's no financial reason except the carbon credits that this waste is going to be removed and, and treated because in some countries, it's, there is not, not that much budget you know, to help with this. So there is a big perception side to all of these quality problems. And I just wanted to share, you know, other perceptions than just, yeah, waste, bad, reforestation, good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely a great counterpoint and great perspective on the quality question, on the vintage question there. Yeah, really appreciate that. You mentioned earlier, too, that, you know, uh, when you had joined SCB or it was really on your radar quite early that, you know, the VCM kind of belongs on chain. So I'm curious, you know, what are your views or when did you first have these ideas around, you know, blockchain's potential as a tool to really help address some of the uh, challenges around the climate crisis? When you start learning about, you know, carbon credits, especially we are doing just the voluntary carbon market, right? So, you know, the whole double counting risks, the delivery risks when you're a trader, for example, the lack of liquidity, the um, lack of transparency, especially at the very beginning of the carbon markets. And then you see what happened when blockchain met carbon and crypto met carbon. You have massive liquidity, transparency in prices, in projects, in wallets, like who is holding what, basically. So that makes easy access for the end users, either if they are you know, corporates or organizations, let's say they want to buy for 100 
KT of offsets. It's just not name any project or anything. They can monitor the price of any BCT or NCT or any transparent pool. And whenever it's a good price for them, they can buy the liquidity so deep that it's not going to generate that much of a slippage. Individuals, the same thing. They have access. They know what's the underlying of the pool. So that's the on, on the on the end user, on the downstream of the market. That's how I see uh, blockchain helping for the moment. And on more upstream, I would say like offset holders can sell or buy offsets very easily on chain with transactions fee that are close to zero, especially with the Matic price now. <laughs> and then also project developers and project owners that can sell a part of their credits immediately on the blockchain and access liquidity to you know pay back their operations and hopefully make some profit. I'm also uh, referring to you know the amazing tools that are created, thinking about you know all the retirement tools, Clima Infinity, for example. Very sleek way to retire credits and understand, you know, it's, it's very easy, you know, to grasp and understand what you're doing and what types of projects you're supporting and select even to, to, to the granularity of the project level. And I also like to add like, something that is very interesting about blockchain impact on climate and especially on the voluntary carbon. So uh, project financing, basically what Solid World are planning to do. And I think also IV protocol. So this is, I think, was one of the missing parts on the blockchain. So you already have end users through Clima Infinity. You have that middle part of the market through the liquidity pools. And now you have like the very upstream of the market where people can invest in, in projects before they issue credits that enables project developers to understand if there is a pool, they will understand at least where they are priced now and probably get some money to run their operations. That's the end goal. Because you have to understand that now a project developer or a project owner, they don't even know how much they're going to make um, for at least one year or sometimes even more. Or they might even end up like running no cash to build their project and some projects just fail because or they stop because they don't have enough financing. So I think that's the missing part. And I'm seeing also some big brains working on this part. And I believe that they're going to do a wonderful job. Oh, excellent. And I know we've kind of had, you know, some conversations within Klima about, you know, where some of that direct project financing or the upstream component might fit into Klima's future too. And, you know, there's no doubt that our story has just started and that can be a part of where we go. So my question for you then too, just as a follow-up about, you know, blockchain's potential, and obviously SCB is very tuned into that, but has SCB had to pivot or how do you see, like that's not competing or undermining or taking away business from SCB or how do you, you know, respond to this shift in the VCM being more on chain? I don't see it at all as competing. So in big picture, I think for, you know, the transition to happen and for the common goals that I believe every legit player has, meaning make an impact, off-chain and on-chain need to work together, especially if their values aligned. So that's one part. And on the competition side, I don't see it as competition. I see it just as a new market. Yeah, and maybe an easier way for us to work because of the liquidity, because of the transparency. It's uh, I would say that a player that don't know how to adapt, is not keen about innovation, would see it as competition. The CB, we love innovative projects and we adapt very easily. So we're just very excited about what's happening. Yeah. 
So speaking about, you know, working together, you know, SAB is actually a Klima Infinity partner, but I think that our relationship goes a little bit deeper than that. So I'd like to ask, all right, for the benefit of the listeners, right, when the SCB and Klima first met and what was SCB's role in Klima's launch? That's an interesting one in uh, making some nice memories. So as I mentioned at the very beginning, my colleague Kerman and I are strong believers in blockchain. He's been around blockchain since probably 2013 or something like this. So we were always, you know, having this discussion that, you know, carbon credits would have a better living in the blockchain and would enjoy themselves better. So when we saw that Carbon Pulse article about Klima and Tukan, I think they were both cited on the Carbon Pulse article, we reached out to some of the core team members. I remember having a chat with Archie and then SCB were, as I told you, we are very supportive of innovation and they have strongly you know, endorsed the initiative. At the very beginning, we supplied carbon credits to Klima. I think we were among the first ones, if not the first, uh, to be confirmed with Archie or Dionysus. We then made a marketing campaign, the tree tree and the rocket. So on our website, you know, we have dynamic videos and we just threw a rocket and two trees beside the rocket and posted it on Twitter. And it went, it went viral, like in the, in the Discord at that time. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so that shows our support, you know, to the project and how keen we are to see, you know, innovation going to, to make an impact on the planet, basically. And then we also bridged tons. We were in touch as well with um, with Tucan. We gave them, you know, more market information and market insights so they can have better decision making on making their product. We also bridged tons. We played the game of the protocol. We bonded, staked, provided liquidity. You know, we explored around, and yeah, that was like the very beginning of the relationship between Klima and SCB. And we also had like. A, kind of a strong discord involvement where we could see like people getting interested but they didn't know anything about the carbon market uh, some of them were confused they were seeing like bct trading at six and they were like wow um the price of the carbon markets off chain are 90 but they were seeing like euets basically and so we were giving like as uh, much as we could some education on the discord we, we don't want to step on, on your work guys you know it just you know we were hanging there and we have some market expertise so we were you know explaining what's the market about to different people on discord yeah and that's that's about it yeah that's excellent so obviously you know you've been a key uh, you know climate and a key part of our community uh, that scb has played that role since launch and definitely incredible value that you're providing for our community here what's the you know low-hanging fruit perhaps that you're working on now obviously you know you're Klima infinity partner are you helping others kind of understand what Klima infinity does or what are you working on in terms of that relationship with Klima right now we are working on you know um just basically help the space expand and get adoption by corporates and organizations it's a bit tough, but it's not at all impossible when we are seeing more and more interest. So it's a lot of education to be done like, on the corporate side. So we are also showing our support and our adoption of the solution by offsetting our own emissions through a part of our own emissions through Klima Infinity. So that's like one way to bring in demand, basically. And uh, we will be working on other stuff that is in discussion, but yeah. I'm just curious, right, when you speak about like education, right, do you foresee that, is there a need for constant education? Because 
like for myself, right, when I first entered Klima, understanding carbon markets was a total game changer for me. It was to today, I'm still learning about carbon markets. Do you think that it's good, you know, to create something like a like an educational space or, or some form of library or for people to actually learn about that? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like for everyone, I would say you guys are like integrating almost the whole market. So I would say you can like create educational materials. Let's let's start from the um, downstream. Educational materials for individuals, basically. Then for corporates, organizations, how it works, how uh, offsets works, what are the benefits? Why is it better on the blockchain? I think you've done a lot already, but it's it's always good to have. Basically for people who, who own offsets and want to bridge them, also like how liquidity pool work. I think that's like some stuff that we understand very easily because we've been in the space long enough. But remember your first time, you know, trading on a sushi or something like this, you just, yeah, you're super confused, right? So I would say, yeah, that can definitely help. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely. I would love to see, you know, I have a collaboration with you, you know, to speak to our community, like maybe like a workshop or an AMA of sorts that I can really find out more about like carbon credits, like base, like carbon credits 101 in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So I, I do have this question that we always ask all our guests, which is this question about 2033, which means let's take a look down the road, 11 years from now, 2033, right? You know, what are your thoughts in terms of the long-term vision in the next 11 years, right? Beyond Klima Infinity, what do you think this partnership will become? And like how SCB, you know, will eventually work? Like, like what's the goal, you know, in 2033, where do you see this partnership going and how would SCB be working with Web3 as well as blockchain? in terms of the carbon market 11 years is a bit far man but what i'm sure about is that we see a lot of added value of you know web3 i would say that refi was one of the biggest things that happened to the carbon markets along with cop26 and we see the more amount of effort that is being put by a massive number of big brain people in this space it's moving so fast it's impressive and i genuinely think that the goals in the transition can be reached by collaboration, like between the different on-chain Web3 refi players, right? And also between some value-aligned off-chain players. So that's like how we can achieve the complete transition and, and get to the common goals. And I would say that, yeah, SCV is seeing a lot of value on the blockchain and, you know, Leaking a bit of alpha, but not too much. I know, like, I know that I, I know that Archie as a main marketing tool is to leak alpha, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the question I'm gonna ask next. Is there any alpha you can share with us? What's next for SCB? Do you see anything interesting that you can share with our listeners? I would say, yeah. Or oh, is this the alpha now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like a very, very regular one. On the, especially, like it's, it's more on the market side. We are trying to, like, we, we see the impact of investing in projects, basically, and developing projects. And we are trying to um, increase our activities in this side of the business and invest in meaningful projects that have very good impact that are additional and that, you know, help the climate, but also help communities and biodiversity. Wow, 
that's really I really love I really really love the vision you guys have at SCB like this is something that I feel that it's very close to my heart like personally that you know end of the day making money is important like like we need money right to survive to pay bills and stuff like that but like ultimately making an impact in the world a positive impact in the world that that really matters and I, I really love that a lot i definitely agree with you you know like uh for me a solution like they say environmental solution to be adopted by people it needs to make sense financially right uh, otherwise it's not it's not going to last forever so we believe in the power of transactions to make you know uh, impact happen and I think you guys are aligned with this, uh, you know, with all the protocol. It's basically believing in transactions to solve the climate crisis. Yeah, excellent. Really, really thank you very much for thinking out time to be with us today. I think both of us are really honored to have you here on the show to share with us so much more. Thanks a lot, guys, for your time as well. I really enjoyed um, the podcast and um, yeah, super happy to, you know, to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Well, that was definitely a great conversation. It was great to chat with Wasim and learn more about his work with SCB. I don't know about you, Diamond Hands, but I really appreciated kind of getting the perspective from, you know, the off-chain carbon markets as well, too. And, you know, to understand that the on-chain development, the on-chain revolution that Klima has really helped spark is, you know, not a threat to that industry for those who are, you know, open-minded about it as well. And I also really appreciated his explanation. You know, they're really focused on, you know, high-quality carbon credits and that distinction, that conversation that he had talking about the difference between you know high or low quality carbon credits and that really that debate or that discussion is a little bit ill-placed or ill-advised as well too that you know there's urgency to the climate crisis and we need all of the tools available to us right now to take meaningful impactful action together how about you diamond hands what really stuck with you with that conversation with wasim yeah i think what really struck with me it's really where their value lies it's not just about like quote unquote making money but really making an impact. Something that really hit me, like like built schools for Malawi, you know, have more than 6,000 kids benefited from it, planting trees in India to prevent landslides. These are really amazing things that, you know, I wouldn't expect, to be honest, a brokerage company to be doing this, like doing so much outreach program to really just have an impact, not just in the climate change, but actual physical, community outreach programs that really does impact on the ground and hopefully you know as as we grow as a community as we grow as an organization as a DAO we are able to one day be able to do the same you know to not just impact worlds through the carbon market but also through outreach programs like them yeah exactly this this on the ground hands-on impact has got to feel like so good and that's great to see that and i'm sure we'll we'll include some links in the show notes there too because you've got to go check that out these projects that scb has been involved in are just very very cool you know you're kind of alluding to that someplace that uh, klima could go in terms of our uh, growth and development as well too so yeah stay tuned on that front 
But generally, for everything Klima, make sure you're hitting up klimadao.finance, where you can stake bond. And of course, I think most importantly, find a link to the Klima Discord community. As a decentralized, autonomous organization, we are community-driven, just like this podcast. So join us, and you'll find a great group of climates and plenty of opportunities to be an active climate too. So we hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Wasim. Thank you so much for joining and hanging out with us. And we look forward to chatting once again on the very next Planet of the Climates.